edition of The Train with the Best Podcast, episode 46, featuring me, Craig Hoffman, and him, Chris Gores, here from What Odyssey up, what up? In Reston, Virginia. No promises on how this is going to go, Senor Gores, because I've already done a four-hour radio show today. And asking me to then speak more you seems do, like a you risky endeavor. You do look endeavor. a little less energetic than you usually do. Perhaps I could use a product that was pitched on uh, Shark Tank <laughs> this right. week. Yep. Uh, a second super coffee on the day. Perhaps that is on deck. I am wearing my sweet super coffee Under Armour shoes. Yeah. Thanks to the super coffee folks for those. I know yours are I'm somewhere not, so around I'm, here. I'm wearing all Adidas today. I was I'm wearing one of these weird Adidas. guys that like if I'm wearing Adidas underwear, I have to wear everything Adidas. You know... I actually have been talking about that with people recently because I've been on a huge three stripes gig. And look, we very much appreciate the folks at Under Armour. Yeah. So if Under Armour wants to send us more stuff, I will happily wear all the Under Armour <laughs> they'll send me. Uh, so, But I've been on a huge Adidas kick lately, and I too have been wearing like all Adidas everything. People are like, so like if you wear an Adidas, Adidas sweats, you have to wear an Adidas shirt? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, least, for me or a non <laughs> yes. a nondescript shirt. Like I, I right. can, or like my my boys at Soapbox Gypsy who give me a bunch of stuff. Like I'll wear right, them. That's different. Yeah. I'll wear them or just like a generic shirt. Right. But I can't wear a Nike shirt with Adidas sweats. Like wh- where yeah. am I? I'm not brand confused. Yeah. I it, that's one of my things too. Like so sometimes if I'm wearing Nike, like I'll wear all Nike or Adidas. Mm-hmm. And I have some Under Armour outfits as well. But it's weird, like I can't wear Nike shoes and Adidas socks and Under Armour shorts and Reebok, whatever. I need like, to get I just some can't. Under Armour. So when I train, I have to wear black. So whether it's sweats or shorts. So I need to get some Under Armour shorts or slash sweats, joggers, really, because right. who wear sweats? Um, <laughs> I need to get some Under Armour joggers to make sure that I can wear my Super Coffee shoes while I train. Otherwise, I'm... Yeah, or you could just get some nondescript black joggers out there. There are some out there. That's true, too. I could go that route. But right now, all I've got is Adidas and Nike on the jogger route. Um, so that's that's an issue. You might not need joggers in another month or so. It's going to start to that's warm true. up That's true. I'll here, probably so. go the shorts route. Yeah. All right. Uh, Under Armour. Let's... Let's send over some shorts. I know you're just right up the street in Baltimore. Uh, I'll even come up and get them if we can organize that because I know all of Under Armour Corporate listens to the Train with the Best podcast. (laughs) Uh, No, we seriously do appreciate our friends. Super Coffee. And we're actually – so our main topic today, which we'll get to uh, in just a few minutes, is about – an article that Tom Haberstroh, a friend of mine, uh, who writes for Bleacher Report, formerly of ESPN.com, wrote about rest in the NBA and the rash of injuries that that league has suffered this year. And thanks to my day job of covering the Washington Redskins and the rash of injuries they had, right. and specifically, or, and then non specific even to them, the entire NFL had this year, we've kind of done this topic for the NFL. Right. But it is a different strain, if you will, for the NBA. And Tom wrote extensively about it. We read his article and I sent it to you and said, this is what we need to talk about today. Right. Especially as someone who does some NBA preseason training. Yeah, that's right. And there's also one thing you always talk about that I think really becomes important and why I think the conversation will become interesting. That's all coming up in a second. But speaking of Shark Tank, or speaking of Super Coffee, they were on Shark Tank this week. That's right. Um, did not come away with the deal, which... Uh, we I don't I guess we can say this now we knew it was going to happen right because uh, we had talked to Jimmy about it he told us kind of what was up but how it went down we did not know we did not know the details it was right. still super intriguing I didn't know if they were going to get an offer right I just knew they walked away with no deal and it turned out to be a good thing for them yeah and you know that that stuff gets super edited down like so that's that's like yeah. two hour conversation that gets edited down into like six minutes on the show uh, so it would have been interesting to see some of the other questions and, and everything but. You know, from what the the show revealed, one of the biggest complaints 
from Barbara and Mark and, and I think it was Rohan who who mm-hmm. I've never seen on the show before. Um one of their biggest complaints was the taste. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, obviously, everybody's got their own taste. But for me, I love the new formula with the sugar-free. I do, too. Like, and that was the thing that was good I'm to me. so interesting to me was the, the aftertaste and things. Like, my one complaint when we first started partnering with them and was it gets a little clumpy. Yeah. And the old formula had – and it was interesting because they didn't really experience that because they got it kind of like pre – poured right. for them they weren't drinking it straight out of the bottle right um but the whatever it was between the the coconut oil and the the protein and whatever it was that they were using would get a little clumpy so you had to continually swirl it around right it. Yep. and like it was fine and i thought i th- still thought it tasted fine right um but it you just it was it was work to, to make sure that it was mm-hmm. what you wanted it and when they went sugar-free whatever was the clumpy thing got eliminated yeah i haven't i haven't had a clumpy Little mess in the bottle for a no, while. No, you now. could you don't not with like, the sugar free stuff. Yeah, and so you you still shake it up because that's pretty common in the beverage industry. Your yeah. industry, your RTD, so to speak, ready to drink. Learn yeah. that phrase. Yeah. Um, but even if you didn't, didn't know RTDs, I mean, like it's not hard to figure out. I just never yeah. heard it used. My EAS was the the like the big one in RTDs when they had those like uh, those RTD protein shakes uh-huh. or the muscle milk RTDs. Like those yeah. are the ones that are just yep. ready to drink. Yeah. Yep. And so even if you don't shake it up, um, you're not going to get clumps at the bottom of the new formula. So I'd be right. curious to see one with the sugar free and, and kind of going even farther down the healthy path. Right. Um, and then with the new flavor, which again, like I'm addicted to the vanilla bean. It's so good. Yeah. Um, like I'd be curious to see what the feedback would be. We'll see. I, I know a lot of people have hit me up since the show and, and even before the show because they knew it was going to happen and they've been trying it out and, a lot of people like it, so I mean, obviously, everybody's got their own taste buds, but I can tell you that I like it. Yeah, you know? I, I really can't wait, and we're gonna have maybe at least Jimmy, if not Jimmy Jordan and Jake, all on the pod yeah, sometime right. soon. Um, but what, the funny thing is, we had planned on doing it with them literally this week, right? And then the Shark Tank That's right. date came out. It's like. Hey, we're going to have to reschedule. We're going to be a little busy that right. week. Um, we're going to have to be up in New York. Obviously, we're down here in D.C. Um, so next time they're down in D.C., or maybe we'll hop up to New York and go hang out with them. Right. Um, we got some stuff planned with them. We're Again, we're, we've, we're so proud to partner with them. and It really is a partnership. They've been so good to us, and, and we try to be good to them by, you know, the ads on the pod and making it believable. And clearly, it's working because people hit us up all yeah, the time that's right. um, about Super Coffee. but. Um, I, I can't wait to talk to them about more behind the scenes and curious like what got edited because it was interesting. I think one of the big pitches for us and why it made sense for us to partner with them and when we talked to Jimmy for sure and one of the things we're going to talk about on the pod is the science behind it. Right. The MCTs and why, like why coconut oil, why MCTs, why protein. Right. Why does this combination of the generic bulletproof coffee, not that there's a brand bulletproof coffee, but like why does the idea of healthy fats protein and coffee work right and there's science behind it nutritional science behind it that didn't come up a lot on the show and i'm yeah. curious whether they went to pitch that and the, ed- and the producers thought that wouldn't really sell and they took that well, out Well, that show is not necessarily about the product and the science behind the product right. itself but more of like the structure it's, of the business so correct you know they want to know they want to know numbers like sales what what their distribution is mm-hmm. where they were in year one versus year two where they're projected for year three, what their current year to date is, you know, they want to know all that stuff. They want to know cost of manufacturing, what's the margin. So, I mean, I've watched this show plenty of times. I know what it's all about. And especially when it comes to beverages, those are the questions that come up is like, how do you get shelf space? 
that's the big question that is always um, asked when it comes to somebody that comes out with a beverage. How do you how do you get up there with Coca Cola and Pepsi and Gatorade. whatever it is, Gatorade? Yeah. yeah, and Super Coffee has that already. They You're have right. they're they're in Target and Wegmans and Wawa and in and Whole Foods. Whole Foods so, yeah, and and they're expanding. I know our our grand opening is going to be in two weeks. Well, not two weeks, but I guess a week and a half. Ten days, February twenty third. And, and they're going to be a big part of that. They're, they're going to have a refrigerator down at Onyx. So if you're in the Richmond area and you want to try it out, come out to the grand opening. Come on and, down. Yeah. Come try some super coffee. Um, it's it's something, too, where they were at such an interesting point. And like, this is just purely as a viewer. Um, watching it, the valuation for the Sharks didn't add up right. to what their business to date had been. But as they said on the show, it's because they had just signed this massive distribution deal right. where Super Coffee is going to be in businesses all over New York City and all really all over the country. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, you've done this so far and you're telling us you're going to do this and you've got this path, but we haven't seen it yet. Right. And I think that discord is at the end why nobody went for the deal. But in the end, like... Well, yeah, and, I think and there's sharks for, too. They're going to they're gonna right. jump on deals that are, are good for them. Right. You know what I mean? So like if you're... If you, if you're Mark Cuban and you've got billions of dollars invested, like what's going to get you excited about an investment? You know, right. so, so, you know, that they're sharks for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the thing is, you know, I think you could look at it one way and be like, oh, they didn't get a deal. But no, like they, they didn't get a deal is, is a good thing. Like they get to keep all of their business. They, they have influencers or investors all around the country, um, you know, and, and you know, to have a big, high-profile someone like that at their price, great. If if they're not willing to admit deal at the price that they want, then you know you, they've already done so much good work on their own, right. and they're just getting started. That you know, if if someone's not going to believe in what you're doing, like just keep, yeah. keep on doing what you're doing because what they're doing is working. Right. And so I'm I'm proud of those boys. I thought they repped themselves well. Um, we're obviously again so excited and proud to be associated with them and. Wish them nothing but the best moving forward, and yep. we'll do whatever we can to spread the gospel of Super Coffee And uh, because we drink it literally every day. I don't know what better endorsement you can get than that. That's right. Um, you spent your weekend down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Chapel uh, Hill. Chapel Hill. Yeah. The Triangle. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you flew in Raleigh, or did you guys No, drive we down? drove down. Okay. It, was a, it was a nice little road trip. I can't trip save my, my Raleigh. I just, Raleigh's wrong. I tried to save it. It's Raleigh Durham Airport. Nope, you drove. Just ever, I said wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you That's drove. All right. to, you drove to Chapel Hill. We drove past Raleigh. <laughs> there you go. You waved at Raleigh <laughs> yeah. uh, and kept driving. Right. Uh, but you went down to Chapel Hill for Joanna Boyle's uh, yep. soccer banquet. How That's was right. that? It was really interesting. I think that um, this was the first time I had a chance to really spend time and listen to Anson Dorrance. I've spent time with him before. Um, just kind of in passing and had some conversations with him. That is UNC's Anson Dorrance is the legendary UNC women's soccer coach. Uh, he was also the men's soccer coach at one point when he took, when he did both teams and, um, you know, to listen to him speak and to listen to the things that he values. Um, it tells me a lot about one, the type of program that they have. And it's more than just about what happens on the field. It's also about what happens off the field with the core values that he tries to teach the the young girls and the the books that he makes them read and the the quotes that he makes them memorize. So it's it's more than just about soccer down there. And then it also tells me a little bit about Dean Smith and the impact that he's had on that community in Chapel Hill and all those coaches because those coaches look up to him so much. And and he told the story about how Dean Smith in his will when he passed, he left $250 for every player 
uh, that has ever played for him. Mm-hmm. But not just every player, also every coach and every manager that ever ever managed for the team. I mean, that just says something about how much Dean Smith valued relationships, which is what we talk about a lot on this podcast. And, and that shows with, with a coach like Anson Dorrance and the way that he's picked up on that philosophy you really see what type of person Dean Smith was to leave that type of, of lasting impact on somebody like him. And then he's passed that along to, you know, from the likes of Mia Hamm to an Ashlyn Harris to now Joanna Boyles. Yeah, that's really cool just to see the the really, truly special people, how their impact trickles down. And, you know, I think we see it in coaching a lot. I mean, you look at the basically the entire NFL and everyone comes from like one of two trees. Right. The entire league right. can be traced Bill back Walsh. to Bill Walsh or Bill Parcells, right. That's basically. Right. And and even those guys, then there's a layer above them. Right. You know, Tom Landry or whoever it is that's above them. Yeah. Um, but at this point, like if you go Walsh and down, because then you get to like the Andy Reeds and yep. and John Gruden's mm-hmm. and their coaching and they, and trees, then they, then they create their own little trees, right? Right. You Bill know. Belichick has his own little tree, right. and that came Belichick from Bill Parcells from the Parcells tree, yep. exactly. Um, and even the front office, like the the whole Bill Walsh, you know, produced that whole Packers front office that has yeah. like three, four GMs in the league right now that were all under Ted Thompson back in the day. Yeah. Um, in Green Bay, you know, and so and it's like John Schneider of Seattle, you know, Scott Pioli was there like there, yep. there's a whole bunch of people that are all all around um actually no people was on the belichick tree but like you have all these different people that connect and so what's interesting at the college level is a guy like dean has this impact on an entire school's athletic entire program. school not just basketball and like then the think of how program. many coaches came out of the dean smith school right of guys that play for him like roy Including williams roy williams right, right the guy who's there right now yeah. um capable you know, like you yeah. know there's, there's just a ton of guys it, and so the impact of of one truly extraordinary person and the thing is with dean like there's so much false prophecy basically in college sports right where like you just put these college coaches on on a pedestal and then you get to learn more and you're like that guy doesn't belong on a pedestal at right. all dean smith seemed like the real deal like you just don't uh, hear i mean stuff around about he, he, dean smith so one of the one of the questions that I always get asked about is like how do you track your clients? How do you know things are working? And of course there's sports science that's that that is used there and there's data and analytics and all that other stuff. But one of one of the main things that I know things are working is like what what is my relationship like with the people who have invested in me? Do they do are they are they gonna come back next year? Are are am I still friends with them? Um do they speak highly of me? And I'm proud to say that I have some really, really good relationships with a lot of my clients. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look at what Dean Smith's legacy is beyond the wins and national championships is how do people speak of him? And they all speak very highly. I don't, I don't think I've heard anybody speak poorly about Dean Smith. I've never heard anybody say bad things about Dean Smith. And so when you take a look at that again, like for, for me, this is just how my brain works because I'm always analyzing everything. So I'm listening to Anson Doran speak. I'm learning a lot about the UNC women's soccer program and what makes them special, but I'm also learning about what made Dean Smith special, and that that was cool for me. Yeah, absolutely, and the number of players he produced over the years from the start of his career to the very end, it, it, incredible, um, and a lot of high-character guys in that as yep. well. And then that's passed on to the women's soccer program because yep. that, that soccer program is just as legendary as that basketball program oh, 100%, is. 100%, which, which we realize what we're saying with that. That just yep. shows you how good that soccer program is. All right, coming up next here on The Train with the Best Podcast, injuries are skyrocketing in the NBA. We try to tackle why. 
Sharing with the Best podcast is powered by Super Coffee. Yes, that Super Coffee we spent much of the show talking about, but we should tell you more. Perhaps, Chris, we should talk about the product. We don't have to talk about profit margins and, and cost of production. We can just tell you it's great freaking coffee. That's right. The new sugar-free formula brings it down to from 120 calories to only 80 calories. You still get the 10 grams of protein. You still get your, your, your great NCTs from the coconut oil, and it tastes great. Tastes great. Good for your brain. Good for your metabolism. Keeps you full. What is there to lose? Uh, not really anything at all, except for some money off your price, because you can go to drinksupercoffee.com. Use the code Train with the best. Yes, it's one of the hottest products on the market right now. This is a true story. I was at Whole Foods yesterday, and it was almost sold out. There was like three bottles Yeah, I couldn't left. even find this at Wegmans, so make sure that you go to the website, drinksupercoffee.com. And what's the code, Craig? Train with the best, and you can get it for 50% off. Drinksupercoffee.com. They have it there. Half off for you. Our main topic today on the Train with the Best podcast is reaction to an article written by Tom Haberstroh of ESPN.com. Tom is as good as it gets when it comes to sports science, specifically on the NBA. He wrote for ESPN.com for years, now writes for Bleacher Report, hosts the Basketball Friends podcast, friend of mine as well over the years. By the way, also Tom is doing amazing work raising money for ALS research with the Pepper Challenge. Uh, you can get more on that on his Instagram or his Twitter page, at Tom Haberstroh. Um, just his mom got diagnosed with ALS. He's trying to raise money for a cure. He's trying to raise a million dollars. He's about halfway there right now. And he's doing it by making all kinds of people eat extremely hot peppers. Chris, I feel like you would be good at this challenge. I would not be. Eating hot peppers? Yeah, no, spicy I'm food. Terrible. You're not a spicy food no, guy? No, I'm probably the worst Filipino there is when it comes to oh, like, I, spicy food. I thought you I might. have started to eat more spicy food lately, but it's still pretty bad. Okay. I, mean, I don't I don't mess with spicy food. Okay, so we will just donate to Tom's cause. Uh, <laughs> we will not participate in the pepper eating. Uh, but his uh, we we did voraciously consume his research, just not any peppers. Um, and what he found is he talked to teams and and accumulated data from sites like uh, mangameslost.com is that injuries are significantly up this year in, across the NBA. And we know some of the catastrophic injuries that have happened from Gordon Hayward and Jeremy Lin on the literal first day of the season to recent injuries like DeMarcus Cousins. John Wall has been out here in Washington for a good right. bit. Kristaps Porzingis just went down. So you've had injuries, big, small, and everything in between. And the question is why? And one of the things Tom talks about in the piece is that the preseason has been decreased dramatically. Yes. In an effort to change the schedule, reduce back-to-backs, reduce four and five nights, the NBA shortened the preseason this year. And the question is, has that caused injuries? I will leave that question open-ended to you because I think that is a very interesting jumping-off point considering your role as a trainer of NBA players in getting them ready for the season. Yeah, I don't think that the shortened preseason, per se, is the cause of more injuries. Um, would they like to have more time to prepare? Sure, everybody would like to have more time to prepare. And the first year that you take away – a few weeks of preparation, of course, everybody's going to point to that as the reason why. But I don't think that's the reason why. And I think that as you as you move on with this sort of schedule, with a shortened preseason, teams and, and players are going to start to adjust and make sure that they're ready before they get to preseason. Where before, some guys may use preseason as their time to get in shape. Well, that's not the case anymore. You have to be in shape by the time you get to preseason on day one. So that's the first thing. Guys will adjust to that. Um the second thing that I was I was taking a look at is 
when preseason starts, the preseason starts what around like September. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from September all the way to June, for for some of those guys that that play all the way up through the NBA finals. Mm. I mean, that's three or four games a night for every every week all the way yeah, up to there. Yeah, three or four games a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three or four games a week every week with, all with the way one up. week off for the All Star break. Yeah. So so what I was thinking is why don't they have a bye week? Like I, I think that one of the solutions could be. I, I always wondered why a team and and teams like Golden State and San Antonio they they do this now and and to the point that the league started to have to have rules for nationally televised games that you can't sit your star players. Right. But they they should just give a certain player a week off and say, yeah, we're just going to give you this week off. And I I would have combined it with. All star, so that okay. If if I'm the Golden State Warriors per se, I would say, all right, Clay and Clay and Steph. Uh, they, it probably wouldn't be Clay and Steph, but Clay and Steph. You guys are gonna sit the week before All Star break, and then they have All Star break, so that's two weeks there. And then KD and KD and Draymond, Dre, you guys get the week you guys after. get the week after, so you get two weeks off. So I, I think that if they started to schedule like a bye week, I think that's another way that they can try to address because. You know, it's a it's a different type of load than the NFL. We already know in the NFL that that game is really, really demanding on your body, and it's a it's a car crash every time that you get into those types of collisions. And surviving that is really, really tough on the body. But if you take a look at like any marathon, go to any marathon, and if you look at those guys and those and those women, those men and women, when they cross the line, they're just as beat up. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially if you're taking a look at a week's worth of games. That's essentially a marathon that they've run in that week. And they were jumping around. And they were right. running around at speeds a lot faster than that, that marathon runner. And cutting at cutting extreme angles things. and push off, yeah. pushing so, off defensively, offensively, whatever it may be. I think they just got to find ways to keep the, keep the short in preseason. But if there's a way to, even if it's not a full week, even if it's, hey, here's your five-day bye that we're just going to give you five days completely off – you don't you don't have that in the NBA, and I think I think it's time to start looking at something like that. So one of the big arguments made is to shorten the schedule, and I think that is something that definitely that's should another potentially thing that happen. I think they should do. But going back to the preseason and the off season part of this, which I want to focus on first because I think that is more your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. One of the things you always say, which I think is so simple yet profound, is my job. And saying you, your job is is someone who trains NBA athletes or right. NFL athletes or whatever soccer athletes is to not get you ready for the season. It's to get you ready for preseason. Right. And so what I think we're seeing in year one of the different preseason is a lack of adjusting to right. understanding what that means. If you're going to use preseason to get in shape and you're counting on a certain amount of time and a certain amount of reps and those reps aren't there, you're going to have to go farther down the path. What ready for preseason means is a different meaning than it was a year ago. And I think coaches and players did not make that adjustment. So you have all of a sudden this incredible stress on the body of regular season competition much sooner where you've got to almost go through preseason yourself and, and you've got to adjust your offseason timeline so that when you show up to camp, it's not time to get in shape. It's time to be almost in shape and put the finishing touches on That's right. so that you're ready. So I think that adjustment probably wasn't made this year, and now people know. I think this number, even if nothing changes, I would think it goes down next year just because of that. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think people are going to adjust to the way that the schedule is, the way that preseason is, because it's a little bit different now. And I think that, I think that trainers are also going to start to realize that you don't need to get ready 
for the postseason. You need to get your, your athletes ready for the preseason. And so what that means from a training perspective is filling in the holes, filling in the gaps that they don't do during the season. You take you look at a typical basketball player and say, okay, they need to be quick, they need to be they need to have a vertical jump, they need to be explosive, they need to be strong and do all those things. And if those are the things that you're gonna work on in the offseason, I think you're doing your player a disservice. I think you need to do all of the things that they don't do well. Things like mobility, things like stability. It's going to look pretty boring. It's not going to look very exciting. It's not something that you're going to put up on the gram because it's going to get a lot of views and a lot of likes and every, all this hey other guys, stuff. Hey, guys, look at my three-way but, ankle stretch. Right, right, exactly. But like that, that's the stuff that they need because but by, by, by the time they get to the season, if all you did off-season is train, explosiveness, 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 and by the time they get to the season, all they're doing is explosiveness, 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 when did they recover from that? Right. You know what I mean? So you have to fill in the gaps. Do the things that they don't do. We do th- we do this with every sport. Like so one of one of the big things that's going on with swimming right now and I hate to use this as an example, but you're going to see the tie here is you know swimming records are are being broken almost every meet because people are starting to get hit to the game that okay, if this is what your swim practice is like and this is what your swim meets are like, maybe our training should fill in the gaps of the things that you don't get in the pool. And for a long time, people were swimming and people were doing dry land training that mimicked what you did in the pool. You don't need that. You need to fill in the gaps. Start training the antagonist muscles. Start training all of the supporting muscles and the auxiliary muscles. For much more of all on this, check out muscles. episode 12, question mark, the one with Lee Summers. Right. Right. Whatever episode <laughs> that is. But the point is, going back to the NBA, don't just train explosiveness and vertical jump and, and power and all that other stuff. Train all the things that support that. Because that's what they need, especially in the off season. And I think guys are start guys are starting to learn. You you see the veterans that that have guys like David Alexander, the guys that train with them. They know how to support that. Because guess what? Like if somebody's got a forty inch vertical, do you really need to work on their vertical jump? No. Like do do the things that are going to sustain that performance. Like like what's the the risk and reward of of trying to get somebody from a forty inch to a forty two inch vertical? The the reward there is minimal, but the risk is 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 too much. And honestly, they're more be- they're going to get more benefit out of being able to call upon that 40-inch vertical more times. Sustainability is the most important thing you can provide your player. Right. The ability to actually play what is an extraordinarily rigorous schedule and you have to build up their bodies to be able to handle that because the pounding you take in the NBA is insane. Yeah. It is super athletic movement and a ton of ground contacts. That's and right. if your body can't sustain that, you're not going to last. And these young guys, just like Kristaps Porzingis at 7'3", couldn't handle it. Right. And his knee went. Oh, and by the way, in the in the four or five games that you're playing that week, you're you're playing two of those games on the East Coast, a couple of those games on the West Coast, and then a game on the like. And the games ends at yeah, eleven, and an you got to travel. And the the sleep is terrible. Yeah. Like you have to build as bulletproof of a body as you can, which is why like I was really nervous last summer. John Wall did a great job of documenting his workouts, but I'm watching these workouts, going, "Why are you doing three a days?" It's July. Yep. Rest. Yep. You've got to be able to spend time recovering. And I think now, like, I mean, it's so crazy. You see these guys doing crazy workouts in June when they were eliminated from the playoffs in April. Uh, or they didn't make the playoffs. Their season's done in April. And, like, LeBron's still out there playing in the finals. Yeah. You know, you got to give your body time to recover. Yeah, there's and, such and a balance. I, and I think guys are getting back in the gym too fast. Yeah, there's such a balance between... 
and, and and we don't know like there's there's a lot of stuff that happens on Instagram and there's a lot of stuff that really happens that's off social media, right? So we don't necessarily know if that's all that John was doing. Uh, and John had John came into the season with all kinds of history with with the knees too, right. so it wasn't and, like. And, but the thing is, is like, and he definitely did other stuff in terms of trying to take care of his body, getting right. massages, all that kind of stuff. But you, he also was working out three times a day. Yeah, it was under the supervision of the team. The team approved it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the best course of action. Right, and I, I think one of the things that like Drew Hannon will tell you, some somebody who's a good friend of ours, and he learned a lot like training with Brad. And that year that he got hurt, you know, a lot of that, a lot of good trainers like myself, when, when your client gets hurt, you know, that really makes you evaluate the things that you do. And, and, and you learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. And, and he decided that, yeah, we're going to start scaling things back because we maybe don't need as many reps. We need more quality reps. I know for a fact Drew has done that. He talked yeah. about it when he came on with me on the radio. Yeah, 100%. So I, I think guys are, are starting to understand that a little bit more. We're never going to eliminate injuries from the NBA, just like we're not going to be able to limit from eliminate it from the NFL or any other sport. It's inherent in the game, um, but I think guys are, are starting to come around. And and you know when when you do get hurt, one of the unfortunate things uh, or one of the fortunate things about getting hurt is you learn a lot about your body and you learn a lot about how to take care of it. So like Steph Curry, when he came into the league, he had all kinds of ankle problems, and he learned how to learn to load from the hips and. You know, uh, change directions from the hips instead of dropping straight down and, and trying to um, stress out your ankles. And, and now he's he's one of the more durable players. I mean, he's he's right. available all the way through the finals. And it's also, the, years. you know, it, it's everything. It's diet. I was listening to J.J. Reddick's podcast with yep. Carl Anthony Towns and was just blown away at how smart Towns is. And a guy who's been able to stay healthy through yep. his, his young NBA mm-hmm. career. And he measures everything everything that he puts into his body and he he actually went to kentucky to be a kinesiology major now he obviously went to kentucky to play a year of basketball and come to the yes, nba yes but his major his area of study and in the classes he definitely he, i mean he went and he paid attention and right. I, I would be stunned with how interested he was if he doesn't wind up getting this major you know over the course of years in the summers like he's interested in kinesiology he wants to know how his body works and has done right. a ton of research and so you do have some of these young guys but Certainly others who are just like trying to survive in the league who aren't as, you know, put together mentally and mature as Carl is like you're going to see guys who don't really know how to eat or can get away with it. And, you know, that matters, too. So I think the details of everything matter here because the margins, again, are always so slim in the league um and, and the the stress levels are so high every little thing that you can do to help prevent yourself from getting hurt from diet to off-season workout to in-season yeah. but then there's also the systems at play and that's where i think we get into what the league can do the longer schedule because in order to eliminate back-to-backs and four and five right. nights of things they made the schedule longer is that like heart in a good place but bad idea or do you think that is probably helpful in the long run i, I think it's still at, at, at the end of the day six months of uh, six months of a full season is still six months or seven months or whatever it is so i i don't know that shortening the the preseason is enough i think that's the the right thing to do but i think that um if if you end up adding more weeks to the full schedule to give you a few days of rest in between. I don't know that that's the full answer. I think I, I would personally like to see 
them throw a bye week in there for each team, right? Similar to the way that the NFL does it. Like, you you have two weeks I think off. that's interesting. That's something that hasn't been kicked around as far as I know. I'm in favor of shortening. Like 82, and Adam if they're not, if they're not going to shorten it, that that would be number one for me. Adam Silver has finally come around to this a little bit, where he says, "Like, look, eighty-two is not a magic number. It's a number we've used forever, and the the way they get to that is based off a mathematical formula of the number of teams in the league and how many times you play each team, right. all this kind of stuff. But getting to sixty-six would be real easy. Yeah. Um, you just take away one of the the times that you play your um your divisional opponents, and boom, you're at sixty-six. Right. Um, or you you take I can't remember what, it's that, or you take down one so of the conference games, whatever it is, something like that. You like get, you have. You have a home and home with each team in the league, at least. Right, and then in your division, you have. I think it's just two take, home and homes. You take away the extra. You take away the extra game against people in your conference uh, that are not in your division. So instead of playing four divi- four against division, three against conference, two against other not conference, conference yeah. you just do two, two, and three, um, and that yeah. gets you to sixty six. And so it's it's not that hard. And also, when it's sixty six instead of eighty two, there's all obviously the non health factors here in terms of revenue for the league. But but each, I just, each yeah. game becomes more important. I, yeah, league, I don't I don't buy but, into that theory that that dropping the games drops revenue. I really don't. You're going to get better games. You get and better so, games. So These games are more can, scarce. I mean, there's only sixteen games in the NFL. They do just fine. Exactly. And the reason they do just fine is because most of their money comes from national TV. And you can have a higher percentage of your games on national TV because the, the national TV schedule, where most of the money of the league comes from, would not change. You can still have, you know, the Tuesday and Thursday on TNT slash NBA TV. Right. You can still have Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays nights and Sundays on ESPN and ABC. Like you can still have all of your primetime games. Will the the local affiliates get a little upset that they might lose some inventory? Sure, but the, that's not where your money's made as a league. Yeah. And so I think you've got to look at that and realize we can still make the money that we want. And it's going to be better for our players and better for as a product. And I think the players need to stand up and realize that too, and say, "Look, you know, maybe maybe it does." I guess if you're if you're a team owner, you're probably going, "Well, I'm paying you based off 82 games, um, and, and you might have to take a little less money." I, I don't know. Th- those are things to me that can be figured out. But those come secondary to the health of the players. Yeah, but they're not paying them based off of. A revenue of eighty-two games. They're they're paying them based off of based a off percentage the revenue, of the period. revenue that's that's generated. So if the revenue generated doesn't change, yeah, and I'm I'm willing to bet that it doesn't. You're, yeah, then it doesn't matter. It's just revenue, exactly. And so that's the pushback from the players. Boom! Hey, we just solved it. I think we shorten yeah. the schedule. Chris and I just said so. Shorten the schedule. If you can't shorten the schedule, throw a bye week in there. I don't I don't think it would be. I mean, it would take some effort, but it's not impossible. The NHL to actually does that. They have intermittent bye weeks throughout the year, yeah. um, and it's not everybody at once. Um, right? It's it's you know the Caps have a bye week in the middle of January. Another team might have theirs in there February. So, so so it's already being done. Then is what you're telling me. Yeah. So if it's already being done, then I, I don't. Which by see the way how is how the NFL does it. Not every team. It's not like in week eight. Everyone's like, hey, NFL's off this week. Right. Right. Exactly. Like you do it like the NFL does or the NHL does, and you say, hey, these four these four teams. They're going to have a bye week here, and then these four teams are going to have a bye week here. It's not – I don't think it's rocket science. I don't think so either. I think it's a really interesting idea, but I think more so, you know, you look at our end of it, the training end of it. Trainers, get your guys ready for preseason, and that has a different meaning now. And that also yep. means that you have to be in control of the offseason and not let them go crazy. They're going to play pickup. They're going to right. want to do all these crazy conditioning things. 
then you have to be able to man either tell your guy no, that's not good for you, right. or manage their load. Uh, yeah, you and, have to know. You have to know need. your player. If your player is going to listen to you and not play pickup, okay, then then you can throw that stuff in there. But if they are going to because they need to do that, and that's, that's what makes them feel good about getting themselves ready, you you can't argue with them. If that's what if that's what they want to do, you get you go do that, and then you have to fill the gaps. You have to find the the, the deficiencies that need to be addressed. So, yeah. and if you're not doing that, if you're just heaping on your stuff on top of their stuff, so at somewhere that that whole thing is going to break. No doubt. For more on this, to read all the data, et cetera, to hear what many coaches and execs around the league say, read Tom's article, Tom Abershow's article on Bleacher Report, or you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Habershow. You can follow us on social media as well. I'm at Craig Hoffman. He's at Trainer Gorez on Twitter, at Craig underscore Hoffman, at Trainer Gorez on the gram. We hope to see as many of you as possible in Richmond next week, Friday night, February 23rd, at Onyx Elite, the grand opening ceremony uh, from 4 to 9 p.m. For more info, you can go to our Instagram page as we posted up the flyer there. Uh, then we'll see some of you, hopefully, for the Vertimax certification the next day. Uh, we will record the Q&A from the Vertimax cert as a bonus pod, so you can look forward to that. And then uh, who knows what's, who's going to be on the pod. We just run into to world-class athletes everywhere we go. That's uh, right. Do we yeah. want to say who we ran into? Or yeah, KO was days? here today. KO yeah. is Kelly O'Hara from the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, so, so who knows who we run into and we decide, hey, you're going to be on the pod. Who knows? Maybe KO will be on the pod sometime soon. Uh, right. we got the boys from Super Coffee coming up on a, on a pod soon. Probably check in with Zoe sometime soon. And we'll certainly check in with Zoe. I, guess I know we, we'll check in with Zoe because we're all going to be together in Indianapolis for the Combine at the end of the month. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming over the next couple of weeks. As always, we appreciate any time you leave us a nice little note on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, whatever it may be. You can get our podcast there, also on Stitcher. Please subscribe and rate and say nice things. Uh, also, don't don't be afraid to share this thing either, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, Instagram people. People are listening and letting us know, which we, we certainly appreciate. Uh, so that'll do. That's it. That's all for this edition of Pod. We will see you next week on the Train of the Best Podcast.